Welcome back to the Bastards of King's Grave, the off-topic offshoot of the award-winning podcast of Ice and Fire. Um, it's been a while, everybody, but welcome back to our uh, Season 2 Legend of Korra reviews. This is Amin, and I'm joined by our special guests. This is Katie. This is Michal. And this is Stephanie. Cool. So I thought maybe we'll just start off quickly by going around and uh, giving lemon cake reviews before jumping into the episode. We're going to just jump right into it, but I'm going to give it what seems to be the standard score in the forums, a four out of five lemon cakes. Uh, it was great to see the show again. It was crisp animation. It was good to see everybody again, and it was a good return, but it, I mean, obviously it wasn't a five to me because there's still room to grow, and it's hard to get a five in an opening episode. Yeah, I'll give it a four out of five as well. If I had to split the episodes up, I'd probably give the second one, I mean, the first one a solid four, and the second one <laughs> maybe a two and a half. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I had problems. <laughs> Yeah, I think me too. I think the uh, the second one was definitely weaker. Um, I was just in the middle of rewatching it, actually. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of rebelling against the, the, the ratings. I'm just, like, happy we're here. <laughs> um, I'll give it a four. I, I actually disagree, though. I thought that the second episode was the better of the two. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, let's get right into it. But I think the first thing I want to talk about is Unalak and like his motivations and what we thought of him. And because uh, I was looking at the text chat here, and somebody said he was slimy and there was sort of stuff like you're not you're not feeling it with this guy. He's not like a hot water tribe stallion. <laughs> oh, he is. But... Well, I mean, like, has he been shirtless yet? No, he has not. <laughs> I mean, like, he can get that ranking if he takes off his shirt. But I mean, he's got some stiff competition from his brother right now. <laughs> Two and a half minutes I mean, into the podcast, and we already got there. <laughs> I mean, between Mufasa and Scar, who are you going to pick? Scar. He's so much, <laughs> he's so much better. No, I don't think he. I, I think no, the, he's the good no, thing Uno about Tarlock is like Tarlock two point It's not. Ugh. Well, they might have. He might know Tarlock. They might have worked together in the past. They might have even used each other. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mihal is it you who said he was slimy? Yes, uh, just when I was rewatching it now, like he has these lines, like when he's talking about the um, the hundred year war throwing the South out of balance, and I'm like, well, whose fault is that, you know? And it's like, and he's all like, oh, it's the Southern Water Tribe's fault, and like, and then we helped you rebuild, and I was like, you know, the Northern Water Tribe had some like spiritual crap going on, also, like this wasn't, you know, like everything was perfect up there, and yeah, so I just thought that was like really. In in character of his general manipulation is like using the war as like like for his own purposes, and it's like clearly you don't understand what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's a cultural imperialist, but <laughs> I think it's <laughs> it's interesting that I I'm almost one hundred percent sure that what's going to be revealed is that he set up his brother for the fall, and that. Mm. He didn't, maybe he didn't call in the barbarians, but he probably woke up the spirits that night so that his brother would get in trouble for the destruction of the Oasis. Hmm. Yeah. And then he probably called up the spirits to attack I, Seymour. I, I, really, it's like see, Seymour I'm not sure if his plans are... The stadium. I'm curious if his plans are that big. I'll be a little disappointed if he, like, engineered the whole thing, like, hmm. like Loki and, like, Thor a little bit. Um... But I kind of, but I do think that he's he's full of it as far as you know the the whole like destroying the spirit oasis. You know, I, I don't I don't think that 
you know, these, the, all the spirits are like permanently attracted to Tonrak because, like, in the ne- <laughs> you know, negatively attracted to Tonrak because of that. Like, they don't have spirit internet or something. I'm in contact making, here. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And it's also north and south, and, you know, who knows what's going on. If it was that bad, he wouldn't be the father of the Avatar. Like, that's just bullshit, right? Like, because the Avatar has got spiritual connections. Yeah. So, I, I think the, the question is, yeah, is he Unalak Damper or Damfair, or is he Unalak Littlefinger? Because if, if it's Littlefinger-type guy, then he set up everything. Because <laughs> the hints are there. I mean, like, in terms of the barbarians, like, how did they get in? Like, maybe he let them in, or he told them to go on that oasis. But I, I don't necessarily yeah, like, want them to go so that way, though. stupid to... Yeah. <laughs> They're not yeah, benders, like, who's right? Who's so stupid to actually go and attack the north? Yeah, like to, to attack the northern water tribe city without any bending skill, with yeah. like a ragtag bunch of misfits, and then like, <laughs> yeah. Like they they found like a hundred year old like uh, Fire Nation arm like army like armor and gave it to them or something to wear it because they were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could. I thought that I, they could be the descendants of the soldiers who got stranded there after the siege of the North and couldn't go. Well, home. How do they have like descendants? Like who are they mating with? Well, they did have some women in the army. <laughs> I don't think they would survive. Yeah. But I don't. I, I don't want him to be the guy who no, completely I, I did like, all of that. I'd like, like it better if he takes advantage of it, but not that he caused it. Yeah, because yeah, at the same I time, like his, I, um, it, it's too convenient. But at the same time, his, uh, uh, or for me not to think that he set it all up. But at the same time, he didn't really look malicious in that flashback scene at all. Hmm. I mean, oh, sorry. It, it, it was even him was like we're being attacked. Like it's just convenient. Like this, the second part is definitely like right now. What's what's going on? In the spirit seems a little convenient. This one guy comes and he's the one guy who can do. Oh yeah. It. And like he needs to do that. It's like he needs to get that door open just in time for his army to show up. Like some of it is set up. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but in the earlier flashback part, yeah. that he didn't. He looks. I think that he. I'd like to think that he took advantage of. It, but at the same time, it's just really convenient that he just benefited from all of that. Well, are we going to say that maybe he had uh, some relation with Tarlac? Because how did like is Tarlac was on the re- the representative? Like, was he sent from the North Tribe to the city, or did he? Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I guess he like. I guess Tarlac got like a. I don't see how like other he, you'd be a representative of that nation otherwise, unless you were appointed by the ruler. You know. Yeah. <laughs> or even Amon, because they were talking anymore. about. It's gonna be awkward. Amon learning how like like there, there may be interactions in the past between all like well not all three because they lost Tarlac and Amon lost contact, but yeah. Like Amon and this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's see what did we write anything else on him here? I'm just taking a look at the file. Just lots of sibling tension. Where is the file? I don't. Oh, you don't I have, have it. Mine. Yeah, let me paste it in here. I have the one from book one, but don't have it. All right. Who was red in here then? Who was who was the red text? All right. That um, might be Mihal. Yeah. By the way, for the listeners like listening in, we're having lots of lag here, so it's actually pretty amazing that we're actually having a good chat with all this lag. <laughs> so that's that's why we're kind of. But I will <laughs> the empty spaces out, which will it'll put everything together at least. <clears throat> I like his character just because he's yeah. not he doesn't seem outwardly malicious he's I mean he's a zolot but he's a well-intentioned zolot I was reading a review yeah. and they're like yeah. they have a lot of problems with secular Christmas yeah. is this like American pronunciations <laughs> okay uh, let's see what's we got here somebody's typing in here so based, but what we, what we do know is that he has uh, Southron Water Tribe ambitions, but I think it's more than that. It seems like he, it's the whole world because he's like first step here, next step world. But what is he through the avatar using the avatar? Maybe. Yeah, maybe just unleashing a spirit army on the world. Spiritual. Hmm. But what does that do? That was my problem with the second episode. Is like, what is this southern portal? We get dumped with a bunch of hmm. 
really nonsensical exposition in really <laughs> rapid succession. It's like, okay, we got to go to the thing to do the thing before solstice comes. It's like, oh my God, what is this bullshit? And, like all these rules about this place we've never heard of before. And so she goes and she touches a light and that does something unclear. Mm. Uh, you think Aang would have... Not- yeah, I'm going to give her the benefit of the... Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I, I wonder what it I actually does. It's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let me restart this call. Maybe it'll improve. All right, let's... Oh my god, I hate Skype. Hello? Okay, keep going. Oh my god, this is so much better already, though. Good. <laughs> Don't expect it to last. Uh, what we're saying. <laughs> it only lasts a few oh. minutes. No, I'm willing to give but them yeah, the benefit it... of the doubt on what the whole thing does until like the next episode or two. I don't know. Mm. Well, the next time, like someone uh, talk Republic about the, title of the just... next episode, like, what, is that okay? Civil Wars? Yeah. Hmm? The title of the episode is Civil War, so it looks like it's not going to be very peaceful. They're going to occupy the South. See, I'm really curious about what the goal, like, what what a military invasion does that a cultural invasion wouldn't have done, you know? Hmm. What's there to enforce a cultural invasion? I don't know. But what does he, what would he do? Like, we're going to reinforce spiritual values? Are they going to take down the Ferris wheel? Oh, no. You know? <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> lock Barrack up or something. Like, you know, I'm surprised he hasn't complained, and it may be a tactical thing that he hasn't complained about Cora Mako relationship because you think he'd be like, "Yo, the nation's got to be separate, and spirits don't like this kind of intermingling." Yeah. <laughs> well, he has his daughter. I don't think maybe the spirits don't care. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because he is a traditionalist, but I guess people, I don't know, did they intermarry before? Aang's time, I guess they must have. But. I think it was rare, though. I mean, it happened, but because I think in the comic at some point, like, they were like, if it was the old ways, we wouldn't, like, Katara and Aang wouldn't be together, right? Like, it's like, we're, like, part of the new world being together and crossing boundaries. Like, there must have been crossing right, boundaries, true. but not as much as now. Mm-hmm. Mm. But don't you think Aang would have mm-hmm. done something about the storm down there or, like, investigated it? Like, you think he would have, if it's been going for decades and, de- like, even since the war? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Down in Republic City, <laughs> but it wasn't hurting anything. It's like the yeah, South is spiritually unbalanced. Well, what does that mean? We have spirit attacks before. Mm. Yeah, and it, apparently, like the spirits attacking her is a new <laughs> thing. So he probably thought he could just leave it and then just penguin sled instead. Well, what, what were they doing like during the Hundred Year War? Like, the, like <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of spirits that we saw like Ang- Ang's time that were mad. But you think they would be like mad at the Fire Nation burning shit all over the place and beating them? Mm-hmm. Because you can't deal with them, like it, it doesn't. Well, nothing really works against them. Right, they're not like the spirit you can't reason with the... these spirits. Hey, by the the panda dude. Yeah. 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 No, that was like, and Tenzin was actually trying to do that. He was like, "Why have we angered you?" And they were yeah. like, "Boom!" I liked it. Because Unalak <laughs> yeah. told me, Unalak told me to hit you. Well, I <laughs> so. think what. He- yeah, I think the problem is that he doesn't have that tension. It's the avatar, so he can't like do like the touching of the forehead. Ang did to Hebei. Mm. Although, yeah, I don't know. I've... What is Unalak yeah. doing though? He's water bending yeah. them into a trance, and then yeah, maybe like mind controlling them or. Well, what kind of annoyed me was know. that Korra could just do it in the next episode, and I thought that like we were gonna learn what that was, and then it was like, no, she can do it. Whatever it is, it isn't that difficult. Well, she failed at it though. Like it was, I think she was just trying to imitate him. Yeah, she was like, yeah, she did, but she knew she <laughs> knew what to do. Talk, but... 
Well, yeah, she knew the movements. She's like, fine with that. I'm guessing that she doesn't have the right, like, she's not, like, I guess thinking the right thing. You know, like in Harry Potter, how you have to, like, put a certain amount of, like, feeling into your magic for it to work. Mm. Mm-hmm. She's the technique, not the finesse. Yeah. Right. That's Cora. Cora in a yeah. nutshell. So should we talk about Cora? Speaking of Cora. <laughs> what happens to her character? I guess you have to have some backtracks so you can redevelop her during the season. But you're like, I was feeling sorry for Mako. I was like, I've been there, buddy. This kind of relationship before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, well, that's good. Because my Cora go- standing goggles are glued onto my face. So, you know, Cora's just like, you know, like ever since the whole Amon business, Tenzin, you know, at the end of the season, he's like, I'm so proud of you. And then, like, he just ups and imprisons her once they get, again, once they get back to the island. And then they're like, and this time, she knows what she's missing out on. Mm. And then, hold on, I'll I don't even know if he's really. And then there was, like, um, it's not like he said he couldn't. She couldn't uh, like be on the. There's no in- indication she couldn't like do the pro bending or whatever, like things like that. I, th- I think it might just be mainly pressure of still being Avatar and being young, because like, it's understandable. Like your girlfriend's the yeah. Avatar, she's got so much pressure on her. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then, then Tenzin and her dad drop. Yeah. But, all right, continue on. <laughs> I also think we should come up with like some sort of system here if it's so laggy that we can like alternate between people or something. Yeah. Like, do, do, are you all like are you look? Oh yeah, no, you're not seeing the same screen I am because I don't see myself. Um, do we want to try that? Like, each person just says something, and then we go to the next, and they say passive, and then they say because it's just so laggy right now that uh, it's hard to predict. All right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll start. We'll go Katie, Michal, Stephanie, me, and then so. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. On the topic of Cora. Um, I'm pretty sympathetic to her just because I'm always sympathetic to Cora. But after a lot of the backlash on Tumblr about her being a bitch, I thought she was she handled the pressure pretty well by the fact that it's revealed pretty early on in the episode that her dad and Tenzin were the ones who were keeping her at the South Pole locked up and that she's the only avatar in the history of whatever to not be traveling the world. And so I get the resentment that she's being kind of pushed out of her space and talked over. Because any time that Unalog tries to suggest to her that she might need spiritual training, which is the immediate problem, Tenzin and her dad are immediately there to say no, 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 and talk about her in third person. And so when Unalog kind of, he trusts her and he gives her respect, and she responds to that, she's like, wow, it's been a while since anyone trusted me to do anything. I understand that. I understand that completely. And I think she's not in the wrong to feel angry with Tenzin and her dad because I felt angry with Tenzin and her dad. And the only question mark about her behavior that I had is when she basically tells Tenzin, we're done, we're through, go away. And it's like, you could have given him like a hiatus, like we'll get back to airbending when there's not monsters. (laughs) But otherwise I felt she was justified and she never, she wasn't overly bitchy. And when she did snap at people, I mean, she always apologized to Mako later and he was cool with it. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, like, yeah, she was being irritating. Like, I, you know, I I don't have a problem with people like finding her irritating. I have a problem with people not like taking the two seconds of effort to understand why she was acting that way. And, you know, especially like we know Cora, like she's not the most adaptable, you know, she's a stubborn personality. She isn't gonna, isn't gonna take things easily. And like, you can tell she's on edge. You can tell that, I guess these six months or whatever have been like wearing on her. I I think that 
yeah, I mean, I think that she's like ripe for, you know, exploitation from, from Unilock. Like she's in exactly the position that he wants her to be in. And which is kind of creepy, but you know, I mean, I think, I think that her anger is again from a teenager understandable. And, you know, she's in a position where she's like, she thinks she's an adult, you know, she's beat Amon, she's done everything that she's supposed to do. Right. And then, you know, like nothing changes. So, yeah, I don't think people are allowed to call her a bitch. I disagree with that, that precept. Yes, I agree with everything both of you have said. I actually, like, I'm kind of okay with her just completely, like, dismissing Tenzin on the basis that Korra probably, I mean, I still think that she should make up with him and get another teacher and have him back as her teacher. But at the same time, she's, I think what she's thinking is that now that she has the Avatar state, she can, like access all the knowledge there is to know about airbending from that mm. so that she doesn't need yeah, to Yeah, she her. can airbend. Because at the same time, like, we call Aang a fully realized... Yeah, we call Aang a fully realized avatar, but, like, even, like, by the end of Sozin's comet, but at the same time, he still needed work with earthbending and uh, firebending, so... Or, um, like, from her perspective, she knows how to airbend. Like, she's done it. She's, like, she's, she's like, I got this. And then, you know, I... I don't think she was like, oh, Tenzin, I hate and you. Then, I never want to see you again. I think she was like, I'm done being treated like a student when she wants to be treated like an equal. Yeah. And like at the same, and also like you need, if you're like really annoyed with her for that, I mean, like think about what happened with her in the compound. She had absolutely no friends for like 13 years of her life. Or, like, or no, her only friend is Naga. Hmm. And then like Katara takes her side with the teachers, but that's not the same as having a friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I thought. And then, I like, mean, she knows what, like, and now that she knows what she missed out on, and that she can't get back those, get those years of her life back, it's just like, what the hell? I'd be so angry if that was me. On a, on a more, on a more meta level, though, I'm just like, it just reminds this part reminds me just so much of like episode four of book one because like with the whole like Tarlock thing, just like you know, like finally, like Tarlock finally like giving her the sense that like she's being believed in, but at the same time, she, like um. Unalak's manipulating her. Hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she was a little more wise to Tarlock's manipulation, though. Mm-hmm. He was a lot less subtle about it. He was like, <laughs> "Here's the here's the group of reporters. What are you gonna say, Cora?" Like she kind of knew she was yeah. being played in that in that way. She has no idea. Well, now she does, but she oh, had yeah. no idea during most of these two episodes. But, I mean, yeah, were you gonna say something? I mean, like, I like I'm trying to tell myself. Well, oh yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I was more focused on her thing with Mako, but it seems like they, again, resolved that by the end of the second episode. Um, and, I mean, Unalak is a good yeah, teacher and, and useful, think... but the, the problem I have with him is in the sense that, like, when Hattend is like, let's go to the air temples, and he's like, we'll learn nothing. seems like only through me, and, and, and he's just he's a bit fanatical himself to dismiss, like, that side of it. Yeah, and then the, um, well, I think with Mako... Yeah, though, but at the like, same this, time, like, stuff I mean, is like, happening. I know that Mako wanted to, yeah... I know the thing with Mako is like I know he wanted to do the right thing, but at the same time I think Korra wanted a little more of like a challenge with him, not like with like because like their dynamic in book one was that they like they do butt heads, but like they like get each other to see like the side that but like now that they can't she can't get that from him, it's like become frustrating, and then he can't get that from her either. Or like telling him his line sucked. That said, they. Sh- 
huh? No, I mean, like, I understand that, like, their relationship is changing, but at the same time, it's just like, huh? Like, it's, like, certainly, like, not, it's certainly at a different point, or they're certainly trying to help each other, in, or he's tr- certainly trying to help her in, like, a different way than they are used to, like, helping each other before, you know? And then, uh... He's doing... That's it, and... and Guys, should we switch recordings? Uh, You're completely broken up. Hi, so that... Hey. Hello? I'll be here. Don't hear anybody. Seriously, we can get communications from interstellar space, and we can't get (laughs) We are finally outside the solar system, and we have better audio from that than on this freaking sky. This is so dumb. So I was going to say about Mako, he's trying to do the good thing, which is like, yes, whatever you do, I'll stand behind you, which is a nice sentiment, but it's also frustrating because it's like, no, I want you to be honest with me. Like, what do you feel in your gut? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know if I should offer that. Maybe it's not my place. And I have to wonder if, because they've been apologetic with each other so far, and no, like, no damage has been done. They're pretty. They're just, they're being themselves. But I wonder if, like, this is going to lead to like a temporary breakup mid-season. We're like, oh, I can't I'm, do you right now. <laughs> I am so ready for them to temporarily break up. I am a huge shipper of them but i am just so ready for them to break up i just if as, as long as it's temporary i mean just like but that said there should there should have been a sex reference in the first episode <laughs> the uh. like the dark spirit attacks core runs out of her tent then mako like comes out of her tent too after like a minute did you notice that Cora sleeps on naga like she has no bed in her tent she's sleeping on the dog <laughs> He's saying that Mako should have had a wreath of flowers around his neck. <laughs> sure. Should have been late. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. So then Bolin goes up to him and, like, where did you get those? In the middle of the South Pole. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I think they're they're absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that it's working out. Cool. Okay. I don't know what, like, Kool-Aid Mako's drinking to think he's going to make detective after six <laughs> months. Like. <laughs> You know that conversation went, like, very differently from Beifong's end than it did from Mako's end. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of putting you on sewer patrol. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that's a step up to detective. She's like, well, it's a step down into the city. It's like, yeah, but more responsibility, right? She's like, more responsibility with rats. I don't know. Like, however they, however they communicated, I don't think they were hearing the same thing. I miss Lynn. I know, but honestly, I'm not really invested in any of the other legacy characters besides from the Air Kids and or from whatever from whatever's go, besides from whatever's going on with Janora and Lynn. So, I actually liked Kaya a lot better than I expected to because mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be like like couldn't tell a ceiling from the floor kind of hippie, mm-hmm. but um, she seems like she's with it and. I mean, according to some of the, like, the the game released a lot of, like, information about them. And she, like, she moved back home after Aang died to live with her mom. I don't know. I find it very, very interesting. And I, I like that, you know, she, actually, I just thought of this, but she and Boomy are used to treating Tenzin uh, as, like, the second-class citizen. You know, he's the big yeah. man, whatever. Yeah. And then suddenly they get to the Air Temple, and, like, everybody's, like, worshipping the ground that these people walk on, and they're, like, you know... I mean, which must have been sort of like their childhood, I'm assuming, because, like... Yeah, the facial... The facial animation, and there was a lot of subtlety, I thought, in yeah. yes, Katara. the way the three Air Kids were... Yeah, with, that shot with guitar was yeah. so good. And I mean, mm. Matt just said this on Republic City Dispatch was like, you feel like you get 
an entire understanding of yeah. Tenzin and what his childhood must have been like just from the look Katara gives him as his siblings mercilessly rib him. And she just, she looks so sad and kind of like, oh God, you know, this is probably never going to change because it hasn't changed. Well, I think she's years. trying to change it though. with trying to get them to go that because she wants them to have the relationship she had with her brother. Like they had a bit of a rip and go, but nothing like this. Like they had a better relationship, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I mean, it stands that all the kids had probably issues being Aang's children in that, you know, Kai and Boomy, they have that, they share a glance when that woman tell, like, tells them, oh, I'm sorry, you're not airbenders. Like, oh, God, this shit again. But do you think it's but again, Tenzin, by the way? Like, so you know, you that's how it was, being... like, when they were younger? Like, uh, that's interesting. I thought it was, like, the first time it really... I bet it was. So, but I guess that makes yeah. sense because it was so important to have an airbender child that... Uh... I, Aang probably had to spend more time with Tenzin, but... I mean, Tenzin, in addition to being bullied by his siblings, you know, when he gets off the, the Sky Bison and the, the abbots or monks or whatever come up, they give him, like, this present of this priceless <laughs> air. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, he has no real – he's the protector of this culture, but he has no real investment in it. You know, he didn't live with the monks. He just – he – he was kind of shouldered with the burden of protecting this knowledge and this heritage. And so for him, it's like, okay, airbender, airbender, airbending, airbending. That's all he is. <laughs> and I know that has to be irritating for him. Yeah. He's the cooler yeah. Stannis. I, I, I'm really interested. He's a com- cooler <laughs> Stannis. That gets laid more often. <laughs> Why is he a Stannis? I mean, technically he's the baby. Bald. Oh, <laughs> but then he could be Tywin too, and that's not an apt comparison. <laughs> no, Tencent would be the worst player of the Game of Thrones, even worse than Ned. Mm. Except that he's like capable of like knocking them all over. Yeah, yeah, but then like he'd be like, yeah. I mean, like, could you imagine him pulling that shit to like, uh, I don't know, anybody to like Littlefinger that he tried pulling to Tarlock? Like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what Ned did. He was like, you can't yeah. do that. It's mean. I wonder <laughs> how it was, was though, like, when, oh, when he was okay. uh, dating. <laughs> Just Lynn. wait until I can put yeah. my dagger to your throat. And what interaction they had there, like Lynn and Kaya and Boomy and that sort of thing. Yeah. They're all the kids of famous people. You know, it had to suck. Mm-hmm. Paparazzi. Yeah. It really must have. <laughs> I find it really interesting that, that, um, that Kaya and Boomy aren't married. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't have kids, apparently. I don't so. know. I just feel like. Well, Kaya has yeah. a betrothal necklace, right? I hmm. thought that was the maybe, maybe her love died or something. Like, or no, Katara's still wearing no, Katara's still wearing her her um original one. Oh, interesting. Hmm. There's like there was I remember when the finale of book one era there was this screenshot of Katara's necklace that like and then every, it was like I guess drawn poorly. But like they, a bunch of people were like, "Oh my god, she got a new necklace!" And then no, it just turned out to be that she uh, just that it that whoever drew that frame was <laughs> drawing it poorly. <laughs> oh man, people <laughs> working on this show, there must be so much pressure. Like, I know. <laughs> oh, hmm. Do we want to talk about like what the hell is going on with Jinora? <laughs> yeah, Kate I'm loving where Jinora. this is going. <laughs> I hate all the air kids, the air babies. How do you hate, hate them? Why? Nobody likes little kids. Nobody likes little kids. <laughs> when you say nobody, you're actually defining that as I don't like little kids. <laughs> I know, but I like to say it as emphatically and hyperbolic <laughs> as possible. Nobody likes little kids. <laughs> I know. 
I don't know. I could not be less interested in what whatever is, is going on with her or why she's know. so special. I'd be less interested in her if it was like Janora joins the crew. But like, I don't know. I like where this is going. I like having and then like from like the trailer. Isn't there like a like a clip of her and Cora like meeting up in the spirit world? That sounds so cool. Her at the library. And I feel like Janora's about to get sucked into something that like she isn't ready for. And I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to be our MacGuffin and that she gets sucked in the spirit world. And I guess we got to go in after her. Oy. Poltergeist style. Bring her back. So that was that wooden statue was Juan, I'm assuming. Yeah. It was old enough that, it, you know, maybe it had to be. Yeah. Unless you want to invest in the theory that it was a dark avatar. Yeah, I was hoping it would be, but it only for that second. Then you're like, yeah, it's not. It would be cool if it was. Yeah. Well, when Korra came out out of that uh, yeah, and then area, actually, like out of the South Pole, and she came out, and, and then like she was kind of like saying nothing, and then like uh, Bolin's face got like locked in ice for a second. I was like, what is Korra possessed by like an evil avatar or something? <laughs> but no. Yeah. Oh, the twins are kind of annoying. Oh, I love them. Oh, I, I don't know. I, you I had mean, enough I wasn't of May. the biggest fan of May just because, like, she sucked all. Like, I mean, like, I think Katie, we agreed on this before. Like, she like just. I. It's supposed to. I know it's supposed to be there, but I just her deadpan didn't really get me most of the time. I didn't like it most of the time, and then Hall brought me over to the side of May, but. I kind of think that May's voice actor was a little more in, like, put a lot of emotion into that deadpan that I don't think the twins have. They're kind of very rote, especially in their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're nothing but gag characters, I'll be annoyed. But right now, I'm I'm into them. I think they're fun. I think they're chill. Yeah, I think the turtle duck line was good. But other than that, I'm just like... You didn't like, why are you initiating physical contact with another woman? <laughs> it bothered me. I mean, it just, it just, I just, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Oh my God, I laugh. But it's so over the top. And like, and I love that they're like, I, I've invented this whole headcanon for these kids. I mean, like that they're just like ridiculously sheltered and, and, and separated from everything, which I think seems accurate. I mean, I'm biased because I mean, obviously Varric is trying to be Bolin's new sugar daddy, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote that in my notes too. Bolin is Varric's new cabana boy. Get <laughs> <laughs> showered with gifts. I did not like him. I mean, I like, the character, but I think that Varric has. I I think I think he might be the big bad or or a big bad of the season, and Unilock is a I don't know pawn. A pawn. Well, I don't know if he's a pawn. I don't know if they're connected, but I feel like they're just two big bads that are going against each other, but also just antagonistic to Korra. Yeah. But do you or, think the guy like Varric has the like the self acknowledgement to be anything but an, an absolute moron? I mean, he's, yeah. <laughs> the first thing we see is him thinking he's levitating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is a certain shrewdness that I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I'm reading way into this one scene, yeah. but like you know, like I thought it was surprising when he was like, "Oh, well, why didn't you tell me I wasn't levitating?" You know, because I was expecting him to you know throw a fit or whatever. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, Just I, like a genuine moron. Well, yeah, but I actually, I think it might be an act. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like. Just to make fun of his own, like, uh, 
all the sycophants that surround him. Oh yeah, but but you know, there's a certain benefit in making making everybody think that you know you're this crazy eccentric person who'll give you whatever you want. Like you can yeah. find out a lot about people when I don't I think know. It's- they can walk all over you. Right. Or yeah. or that they have to act a certain way around you and then you you, you see that. Mm-hmm. So I I think I don't know. I, I feel like there's gonna be something with him and I d I don't know. Yeah, that that I love that scene with Asami. I mean I like I'm liking her a lot more now than in book one. I mean like in book one she was just kind of bland. <laughs> I didn't really care about what she went through compared to Korra, because I mean like it sucked, but I mean like she just handled it so perfectly. And then, like, with Varric's, with the scene with Varric, she's, like, like, really, like, I don't know, she yeah. just, like, gets to act, and, like, she's, like, really surprised that he's, like, invading her space, and then she, like, stares him down, mm-hmm. and then, like, falls to the floor, just, like. <laughs> <laughs> I have a prediction that by the end of the season, Varric is going to jail. <laughs> Varric is going to go to jail, and all of his shareholders are going to piggyback on to Future Industries. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see things ending well for him. He's too rich. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the wealthy people who aren't Asa- who aren't like struggling like Asami end up getting hammered pretty hard in children's cartoons. <laughs> what about Cabbage Corp? Then... Though they're gonna come back. Yes. Cabbage Corp. Yeah. <laughs> so are they setting up? eventual sparing of the pairs with Bolin and Asami, or was that totally platonic? No, I think the bizarre love interest is Ezka. Yeah, I think it's platonic. Okay. Because there's nothing more bizarre than their relationship. <laughs> isn't she Isn't she 29? Like, how, how old is she actually? Oh. Who, Asami or Ezka? Asami. <laughs> oh, that was... <laughs> That was a joke. She was that was dummied out. She's actually eighteen now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she was gonna. Be <laughs> that would be even worse, right? <laughs> cool. We have anything else that's on this file here? I think we covered a lot of stuff here. Let's see. Um. We just got Civil War coming. The animation up. was great, though. I'm mean, like, I think there were a bunch of frames that were off model, but. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a difference, but. Yeah, isn't Studio Pira am- animating like half the episodes this season? Yeah. I, which I think is why it took so long. That's that's been the theory I heard that they huh. like near couldn't do it, and then they had to switch animation studios, and then I don't know. That's that's what I've heard. I don't huh. know if it's true because none of these people are talking. So mm-hmm. we'll find out yeah, on the fiftieth anniversary so DVD. Yeah, yeah, because Cora looks a lot more slender in a lot of these frames. So uh, Asami's face is different, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that like. They completely changed, like overhauled their color palette. The animation is slightly different. There's a little less detail in yeah. some, especially in the backgrounds. But there's a lot, there's a fluidity to it that that wasn't there before. But it, like, it it kind of interests me, like how this tonal shift, like how abrupt it is, and how we just kind of take it in stride. And that you can't imagine a giant, you know, kaiju technicolor purple squid monster being in the first season. The first season, yeah. it, was, it was too straight with itself. It was too noir. 
the spirit world was completely blocked out. And here it's like the very first shot, uh, the very first scene of this is just like a giant squid pulling. Yes. And not even a subtle giant squid, like glowing purple giant squid yeah. <laughs> pulling a ship under. And it's like, all right, I guess this is the world yeah. that we're going to inhabit. And in general, I do like the art shift for most of the part. Just the only thing that I do take issue with is Korra being more slender. But that's, I mean, like, yeah. I don't like the spirit uh, designs. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Mm. They're yeah, the, they're not as creative as in the original series. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of bland. They're just they're glowy monsters. Yeah, and not even maybe it's just like the color choice. It's like hot fuchsia for a lot of them. Yeah, I'm not a fan either, but whatever. I mean, maybe they're going to be like a certain subset of spirit, but at the same time, it's just like. Uh, mm. I'm sure we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna meet so many spirits that they come out the wazoo. But just like this season, but like still. Yeah. Well, something I really did like it because this was my own personal like pet peeve when we were learning about like oh there's dark spirits and Korra has to fight this evil spirit is like when Tonrock says like there are no evil spirits. Mm. Yes, Unilock says it because um, Tonrock wouldn't know a spirit from his toenails. So. <laughs> <laughs> And then, I feel like I there's there's two episodes. There's got to be more to talk about. Yeah, um, that's good. No, we don't Cora's necessarily have to nowhere talk to about it. Even they say like, she has one line, but yeah, she has one line, and then she's you know escorted out of the show. Yeah, still all about those brothers, male authority figures. So who who had one line? Male mentors. <laughs> Set up, Cora's mom. Oh, okay, yeah. She's got to run her home business. But we did She's see, got, like, a business. Did we wait? <laughs> I'm trying to remember um, the the footage from from last year's Comic Con. Um, was there a flashback image of her too, or is it? There have been some preview images with her and Cora looking like what's in their home, maybe talking to Tonrak. I don't know. I'm I'm much more inter- interested in Unalog than I am Tonrak, and disappointed that Cora's mom isn't. I don't know, part of the family more. Mm. I mean, it's been yeah. two episodes, but I feel like that's definitely an absence. Mm-hmm. Well, we got Civil yeah, War. Something I did, I did kind of, yes. <laughs> Hopefully she can get out there and kick some ass. <laughs> something I did notice was that, um, like, it makes sense to me that Tonrak wouldn't want, um, like, wouldn't, wouldn't want Korra to be sent around the world or whatever, you know, based on his banishment. Like, I think that's an interesting connection that, like, she's his only kid and he has the opportunity to keep her close, you know, like, which is something I liked in the whole thing because I get both sides. Like, I get why you would think that the Avatar should be kept in one place. And, you know, and I get why her parents would go along with that. And, you know, um, and I get why Korra's pissed about that. So I yeah, think... but at the same time, like, yeah, just, like, but learning the different elements, like, like, but, like, what Roku did, like, you have to, like, I guess, like, like, the real Avatar, like, experience is, like, while you're learning the element, you learn about the culture of the place you're, the bending's coming from, you know? Yeah, and there, what really pissed me off about it, and why I guess I sided so much with her, is that both her dad and Tenzin, who she's supposed to be able to trust, they're withholding information for her, from her. Yeah, it's so and fucked they, up, they didn't tell her about the spirit attacks. She didn't know that they were the ones who wanted to keep her in the compound. She didn't know about her dad's banishment. 
And the only person who's being straight with her is her uncle. So who's fixing the problem? I think it's really telling in when the spirit attacks in uh, the first episode, her dad goes in, tries to attack it. That doesn't work. Tenzin comes in, tries to reason with it. That doesn't work. And then it's only her uncle using this very specific technique who actually managed to send him on his way. So it doesn't like, why wouldn't she, you know, want to learn more from him? Because the other two guys aren't giving her, you know, shit to work with. Which is why he's like Tarlock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't have three ponytails. Uh, they knew, she didn't know. because There's a moment in the first episode where uh, Unalong brings it up and Korra's like, what? I didn't know oh, about Tenzin, that. And Tenzin. I don't know if Tenzin and Tarlock were... Yeah, Tenzin and the and thing... And the thing is about Korra, she has such a high standard for herself about what she's supposed to do as the Avatar. So when anybody ever brings up that she's not doing her job correctly, she just gets so, she just beats herself up about it so much. And then she ends up lashing out at people because of that. So, I mean, like, it's obviously not a great coping mechanism to have, but like, this is like, but it explains everything perfectly that went on. Yeah. I do think that Tenzin either didn't know or didn't know, like, that much. Like, he did seem surprised to me in the, like, you know, uh, like, I I don't know why he would know that southern sailors are being attacked. You know, I I, I don't... It seems like something like that would have made the newspaper, though, because that uh, young guy survived, right? Right. I think he he said he wanted her to... I can't even remember the line, but I think he said he wanted her to concentrate on airbending or something. This is a little more immediate, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but, like, to him, it's more, like, to him, I get it. To to him, like, Korra isn't airbending properly. She's just relying on her other, you know, methods of bending to kind of fudge. You know, she, like, when she she airbends in the first episode, she's like, punch, punch, punch. It's like, Korra, no, no, no. That's not how it goes. She's losing the race, right? She's losing the race. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like, she's probably, she's obviously not that great of airbending because she had to use the Avatar state to win the race. But at the same time, like, that was some awesome airbending when she was trying to do that, with, do that to the portal. And she was doing the air cyclone. And then also, um, and also, Michal, I take issue with the saying that air punches aren't correct airbending because Aang did air punches in Nightmares and Daydreams. So... <laughs> Well, since I cannot cite Avatar The Last Airbender quite so directly, <laughs> I will have to defer to your, your your understanding of that. However, from Tenzin's perspective, I get why, you know, he's and he's so into the technique and he's so into, you know, doing things the right way. And, you know, like it's kind of I, I really that that argument really worked for me because I could see her and Unilock assuming that his his um intentions were if his intentions had been pure i would understand more that like the air temples are are dead you know like yeah there's people now but there's no airbenders there this isn't like something that is immediate and for for him it's like that will help you you know becoming the complete avatar mastering all the elements will bring you you know way closer to being in the spirit world you know or in communion with the spirits so oh yeah i get it i get you did anyone else think the scene where he was begging her not to leave him was really painful? Yeah. <laughs> it was really, it was like unexpectedly so. I was like, ouch. I mean, I feel like she could have, you know, written him a sticky note or something, you know, when <laughs> when this is done, I will come yeah. back. You know, we're still friends, but no, like, we're done. Uh, 
Well, I mean, like, this is kind of part of the course with Cora, though. I mean, like, she's like, I don't even need airbending in, like, 102. And then now she's like, goodbye. I you. <laughs> I'm going to be really pissed if it, like, towards the end of the season, it's going to be another revelation that, oh, I should have listened to Tenzin all along. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, she's, uh, what was I going to say? The, um... Yeah, and I mean, I think I saw people saying that, like, Cora didn't learn anything from book one, but I, I don't think that's true. I just, I don't know, I don't think the character development has to mean a complete 180, because, I mean, like, even, like, after the invasion, after all that Aang is, had been through, he went to the, uh, or, like, he's still being an evasive, like, irresponsible kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, yeah, I get you. Yeah, and people are, like, really annoyed that she's misusing the Avatar state. I'm like, do you guys even understand her character? Like, this is what Korra does. If she has a way to be more powerful, she'll use it. And, you know, she's not, like, the most conscientious, you know. Like, it doesn't make her radioactive. It's not like if she activates it to give herself bone cancer or something. Right. Then the, um, yeah, and then, like, the other time she used it within the premiere, she was, I think it were pretty justified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, since Civil Wars is next week, where are we going from here? Because, <laughs> like, that seems like a climax to me, and it's episodes, you know... <laughs> it's two, two episodes, right? Three and four. Yeah. Oh, it's a two-parter? It's a two-parter. I don't know if they're airing both No, of course, we only see one of them. I would like to see both it's of just them. Just one episode. Uh. Yeah. I guess we can't have two hour-long blocks in a row. Yeah. Well, um, I wouldn't mind meeting up next week. But oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gotta talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> now I know where the dock is. Yeah, this was a good. Ep- I mean, like, I, I, I don't want to have like rates. hour and a half episodes every time. This is a good limit to have this kind of one hour max, just to go through quickly, sort of thing. We can save that for the final yeah. episodes of the season. It's gonna be longer. Yeah, can't believe it's back. Uh-huh. I know. So awesome though. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Thanks for joining me again. That was good. Awesome. This. Yeah. yeah, good to talk about it. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot of activity on the forum right now. Like lots of people posting specifically for Cora. Hmm. Cool. Really? I'll be in touch then. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Peace. Bye. 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 You know how last year was uh, Game of Thrones slash this show, like weekend watching. Uh, now yes. it's like Attack on Titan uh-huh. in this show. <laughs> That's the only thing we weekend watching. Now. No, it's what now it's Attack like Breaking Titan? Bad in this show. <laughs> hmm? It's this anime which it's kind of like a zombie apocalypse, but with giants, and they all live in this walled city that like might be might or might not be the last human settlement on Earth. Hmm. And then there's a lot huh. of weird mysteries that happen. Is it good? Oh uh, yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, it, it's not. Uh, it's a, more like a guilty pleasure. Pl- pardon? Huh? It's not like the. It's like more like a guilty pleasure for me, but. <laughs> sure, yeah, it, it's not like oh my god, this is the best anime. But like this year, there's not much else on right now that's good. That's the thing, right? That's what I find. I'm not watching anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then.
Yeah, and then there's um, what was oh, what else? The uh, there's that swimming anime. Are you watching that? I mean, no, so that doesn't count as a no. <laughs> but that's not a quality anime, right? That's just like a fun anime for for girls. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with fun it. Fun anime though. for um, girls. Yeah, it's fan service. Yeah, it's like lots of female gays. <laughs> I went to an anime convention. There's like so many guys from that uh, cosplaying that. <laughs> nice. Alright, my recorder can connect to Skype. Alright. So do you have yours open? I do. It's recording right now, so it should be okay. Alright.